Late that day, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. They took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came along. A huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink. And Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? Awake now. He told the wind to pipe down and said to the sea, Quiet, settle down. The wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? They were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. <laughs> this is beautiful. So many people have helped make this sanctuary ready for vacation Bible camp when a good number of children are going to be here this week. And uh, Karen, how many people are coming this week? Do you know? Over 100 people. Praise God. And this, all this work that's, that a good number of people do for so many weeks and months prior is to communicate the hope that the reason why we do this is to communicate to children that they're the beloved of God, that God loves them right where they are, just the way they are. The hope is that when they grow up, they will have internalized that message of being the beloved of God so that when they are interacting with others, they will treat other people as the beloved of God. And we believe that God changes the world through that kind of love, through that kind of Christian faith. Today's scripture that Amanda read to us is for us, for sure, but it is also for people who are not here. It is also for people who are outside of the Christian faith. So the scriptures say that the disciples took a boat out into the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was in the boat, and Jesus fell asleep in the boat. Isn't it nice to know that Jesus took naps too? A storm came up. The message to us on many different levels is storms happen in our lives. Christians are not exempt from storms. But we know that Jesus is with us in the storm. They say to Jesus, we are perishing. How can you sleep through this? Don't you know what's happening? Do you ever find yourselves going through a storm and praying and feeling like God is asleep? Unresponsive? Not listening? Good and faithful people, we feel that sometimes. The disciples felt that too. They woke Jesus up. Jesus says to the wind, be still. The waves stop. 
And Jesus says to the disciples, why were you afraid? Where is your faith? Where is your trust? I imagine Jesus saying that with a smile, not with a shaking finger, because Jesus sees this again and again with the same students. I've read this passage all my life, but as I prepared for a message, listening for what God would have us engage, I heard something that was for someone or whole groups of people that are not here on Sunday morning. And the scriptures said, in almost a toss-off line, there were other boats with them. There were other boats with them. They didn't have Jesus in their boat, but they were with the disciples who had Jesus in their boat. And when Jesus calmed the storm, the other boats benefited. Those in the other boats who were facing their own mortality and fears benefited by the boat that held Jesus. This passage may be for us to realize that when we can be calm in the midst of the storms of our lives, of our families, of our neighborhoods, of our country, of our world, when we don't lose our minds out of fear, other boats, other people, other tribes, maybe even other countries will benefit. So I got an email this week, early in the week, from uh, a retired United Methodist pastor in Texas. He found my email on our website, said, thank you for posting your sermons. Thank you for what you preached last week. We don't hear many sermons like that in my part of Texas. I wrote him back. I said, Jimmy, it's really nice to read your email. where were you in ministry, found out that he was uh, working in various uh, settings, one of which was Southern Methodist University at Perkins School of Theology. I wrote back, I said, I was, uh, I was in a program called the New Pastors Mentor Program 20-some-odd years ago. Do you know Stan Menking and do you know George Atkinson? And Jimmy wrote back and said, they're dear friends of mine. And, and we had this wonderful exchange, and we realized that The world is small, and the church is small. As I was reading this passage and hearing this message that other boats benefited from the faithfulness of Jesus and his disciples, I was thinking about one of the takeaways that I learned at SMU, at the Perkins School of Theology, from people like George Atkinson and Stan Menking. They taught us over a two-year period how important it is to understand family systems theory. Now, you've heard me preach about this before. And family systems theory is something that 
psychologists use, religious leaders in Judaism and in Christianity use. Friedman wrote this brilliant book, Generation to Generation, about how family systems is really important for churches and synagogues to understand. The premise is this. We're all in family systems, and these systems are interconnected. So those of you who may be working in the corporate life, if you have a day where your boss uh, asks you to fire people left and right, and you are taking on that kind of stress in that family system, it is really hard to then go home and not have your home family system impacted by that unless you can really do some spiritual resourcing and disconnect from what you've had to do at work to being in a relationship with your family. Likewise, when the system of a denomination is in an anxious place and are not at their best, it affects every church in the system. We're all connected. So the wisdom of family systems is this. If we are in a position of leadership, and I believe that leadership is something that we're all in, every one of us, if the leader can remain non-anxious in a very anxious system, chances are better for that system to reform itself, to find a new homeostasis, to find a new way of being, a new way of relating that is healthier. If the leadership is anxious, the whole system will be anxious. And the whole system won't be able to find a healthy way of being. Because Jesus, in the boat, said to those who were anxious, you don't need to be afraid. Because Jesus stilled the storm and said, peace, be still. All of the boats around them benefited, regardless of their faith. We know nothing about whether they were faithful people or not. We just know there were boats near the boat with Jesus. Friends, I hold out hope for Christianity. That when people see us leave this building and every church, they will say, oh, thank God. At least those people are not anxious. At least those people who go to worship on Sunday morning they're not losing their minds like everybody else seems to be. I hold out that hope because I believe that the power of God can bring us to a place of peace even in the midst of the storms. And there are storms. It's one of the reasons why in the fall we're going to be starting a, a 
an opportunity, a, a gathering once a month to teach and practice mindfulness 101. How to remain non-anxious when we're surrounded by anxiety. Because I think we will benefit from this. And this is part of our Christian tradition. And I think the world will benefit by our ability to remain non-anxious in very anxious times. Steve Garnis Holmes wrote, Storms rise, dark, threatening chaos. God seems asleep, inattentive, uncaring. We cry out, not unheard. No matter what the storm, Jesus is with you. What harm can befall his boat you would not choose? If you go down, go down with him. Indeed, we are perishing. In Christ, we sleep and we rise. He is in your worried boat. He is at peace. He says, peace, be still, inwardly a great calm. His peace calms the storm of other boats too. So you can go to the other side and serve, risen. I close with this. If you are in a storm, you are not alone. Jesus is in the boat with you, with our worries, with our anxiety, with our broken relationships, with our struggles, with our anger, with our grief. And our invitation is to call out, Jesus, wake up! Amen.